Good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast. This is Jack Irvin, River Church in Akron, Ohio, and author of The Vision Principle. My book's out, so if you want to get it, you can go on Amazon and get it, or you can just simply uh, email me at pastorjack at thevisionprinciple.com. I'll, I'll tell you how to get it. But we're still talking this week about the kingdom of God, and we've been talking about the kingdom being relational. And uh, last week we talked a little bit about the ecclesia and the two or three, and uh, we want to continue on that theme today. And I want to challenge you, okay? Every believer, the sound of my voice, I'm going to try to uh, email and text quite a few people with this podcast today. But I want to challenge you today to start to really seek the Lord about you starting a two or three group. Matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a seminar in uh, two or three churches, I think, in, in May. I think it's going to be May 18th up in Madison, Ohio. And if you want information, you can go there. Uh, just email me, PastorJackTheVisionPrincipal.com, and we'll give you directions there and, and when we confirm the date. I think it's May 18th. But I'm going to be teaching and doing specifically some coaching on starting a two or three. And, and we're trying to develop this some in the river. But I want to encourage all of us. And it's based on Matthew chapter 18. I believe it's the design that Jesus came up with to win the world. I know everybody's praying for a massive revival where everybody's going to get saved. And, and God can do that. But I think the best way that we're going to reach America is to start individually reaching out to our sphere of influence in the marketplace, not at church, but starting to be the church. And there's a real shift. My next book out is going to be called Kingdom Shift, and we're going to deal with shifting from being a church-minded church to a kingdom-minded church. And we're really beginning to see the need for having two or three groups all over cities, all over areas, where people are really spending quality time with each other, discipling one another, encouraging one another, ministering to one another, and then partnering together to be able to reach someone. But Matthew chapter 18, verse number 19, it says, And again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Notice it says, where two or three are gathered in your name. This is the picture of Ecclesia. When Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, he was saying, I'm going to build my Ecclesia. He says this in the context of his first phrase to Peter on the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 16. And he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And let me ask you, have you ever thought about where the gates of hell are? You know, if you think about it, it's pretty simple. The gates of hell are the ins and outs of where society operates. And believe me, when you're in the church building, that's probably the last place where you would see the gates of hell because the gates of hell are more in the marketplace, in the education areas, in the business areas, in the 
culture or areas of the city. It's where the people live. And that's where we need to focus our outreach. You know, it's great to go out on the streets and just meet randomly people. But if you're not in relationship with them, you're going to have a hard time discipling them. You might bring them into the kingdom, but they're not going to be effective in the kingdom because they they don't really know how to walk with the Lord because they haven't seen you live for the Lord. And most Christians don't necessarily walk faithfully to the Lord. So, so they get confused. Well, what's a Christian? Is a Christian someone that's prayed a prayer and received Jesus? Or is a Christian someone who's really walking with the Lord that's living their lives like Jesus? And the Ecclesia is a two or three. You got to listen to our podcast the last two or three weeks. And I, one of my goals is really, I would love to see two or threes all over Northeast Ohio. And matter of fact, I've been talking to people about this, and that's one of my calls is to try to help. Another thing, uh, uh, I'm in with another pastor, and we're starting a network called the Global Kingdom Network, and it's designed to get credentials to people who are kind of more marketplace ministers and people that don't necessarily uh, fit the mold of seminary train, but they're called in a ministry. They might be fivefold, they might be marketplace, and we're going to have a credentialing process and also a training process to help them to be marketplace ministers. If you want to uh, seek the Lord about getting credentials, getting more training, just email me at pastorjack at com, and we'll talk about what's going to be involved. We'll get you some information. We're writing all this up. We're just starting it. But the goal is to have really houses of lights all over Northeast Ohio. And uh, we're excited about that. But in Philippians chapter 3, I think it's in verse 10 or verse 20. I'm sorry. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 reads like this, for our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Uh, in the other translation, Amplified, says, but we are citizens of the commonwealth and homeland which is in heaven. That's the picture of the ecclesia. We're citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors of heaven. And just like the old secular days when the Romans used to send two people to gather together to exercise dominion and authority in a local area to represent the home country. We do the same in the spiritual realm. And the only way the ecclesia can effectively operate is if you operate within the culture. You don't operate like the culture, but you operate. You, In other words, you penetrate the darkness. And if we're citizens of heaven, we in our daily life, not at church, but as being the church, we operate in our daily lives to reflect the character of Jesus, the character of this as citizens of heaven. Does that make sense? That's why it's so important that we're rightly related to people. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, because I want to, we talked a little bit about this last week, and I want to continue on. If you're interested in starting a two or three, I think every believer should have at least one person you're reaching out to, gathering together, and then trying to get a third person together. And don't get two spiritual giants and meet together, even though you can do that prayer group. But try to pick someone that's underdeveloped. 
Try to pick someone who is maybe even backslidden. Try to pick someone that's an unbeliever. Try to pick someone who is really, uh, you know, really not walking with the Lord. Or they're weak and they need you to help them walk with the Lord. And it needs to be in the area where you live. So if you go to Luke chapter 10, it's the mission of the 70 as Jesus is sending them out. And you notice he sends them out two by two. That's God's plan. You know, if you want to see revival in America, we need to start gathering in twos and then doing what Jesus told us to do, which is go and make disciples of all nations. And the first thing you do when you get together with two, or if you're trying to pick your two, is you begin to pray. In chapter 10 of Luke, verse 2, he says unto them, there was he sending the harvesters out, he sent the sevi out, and he says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest field. You know, we read that and we think, well, it sounds like if we pray that everything will happen. Well, you need to pray, but you need to be the laborer. When we, we pray to the Lord, we're, we're asking the Lord to use us. We're not just praying that God will go do something through someone else, even though he can do that. That's one of the reasons why I, I kind of get on intercessors. Because intercessors... A lot of times, and it's a good thing to pray, they'll, they'll gather in a room and pray, but they won't take personal responsibility for the people right next to them. And we need to change that. I've done that. Lord, would you send, send somebody over to touch Mary? And then all of a sudden, I'll hear this small voice. <laughs> and the Lord will say, hey, Jack, why don't you go over and pray for Mary? Oh, Lord, can't you send someone? No, I'm sending you. So the first thing you do is you begin to pray. And, of course, you need a partner. So you decide where you're going to partner. It can be in your marketplace. It can be at your workplace. It can be in a nursing home. It can be in your apartment complex. It can be your neighbor. It can be a relative. It can be your sister. It can be your brother. It could be on the streets. It can be, but it's someone that you're going to partner with and you're going to spend time with them. You see, we don't push a button and get people saved. We relate to them properly. And then we begin to really develop a relationship with them and they begin to see the reality of how we walk with the Lord and then they'll be converted. They'll come to know the Lord because it's going to flow out of you to them. So you pick that person. And it says here, you don't carry a script or your purse or whatever. But in verse 5 of chapter 10 of Luke, it says, Into whatever house you enter, first say peace. Now this is important. We shared a little bit about this last week. We're peacemakers. We're not troublemakers. And we are seeking the Lord to be at peace with all men. Now, we know that's not always possible, but we need to be the source of peace. We're connected to the Prince of Peace. We don't rag on people because they're sinning. We speak peace in their heart life. We model our relationship with the Prince of Peace. We love on them. We don't rag on them. We bless them rather than curse them. We don't point out all their sins. 
We don't spend time ragging on them. We bless them. We speak peace. It says, whatever house you go to, that you decide the place as you pray. And then you speak. So you pray, you seek the place you're going to go or the person you're going to go see. You speak peace. And then it says that if you go in this house, you remain there, verse 7. In other words, you, you spend time over and over and over and over and over again with that person. That's how you win them to the Lord. You don't just go visit them and shake the dust off. If they won't let you in the house or you don't have a relationship with them, then you move to someone else. But if you get someone and you bless their house and they receive it, it says here in verse number seven that you eat and drink with them such as they give. In other words, they will respond to you and want to be around you. Most of the time, people like that will be lonesome. So you begin to participate with them. You spend time with them. You don't focus on preaching the gospel to them. You focus on living the gospel before them. And then you begin to really proclaim the gospel. And look at this. Listen to this. It's important. You proclaim the gospel to them firstly with words and deeds, not words. I mean, deeds and not words. In other words, you provide for their needs. If they have spiritual needs, you pray with them. If they financial needs, you begin to pray and then say, okay, Lord, how can I help them? And you might need to bring the body together to help them. Maybe they can't uh, cut their grass, so you'll bring the body with you to cut their grass. You provide tangible things for them. They might really be poor, and so you might, you might be poor too. So you give them what you can, and you definitely try to help them to get what they need. And you proclaim, and then the word says, you heal the sick. This is in verse 9 of the same chapter. And you tell them the kingdom of God has come. In other words, you represent heaven, and you represent Jesus. And you begin to show them how good God is, and you pray for them. If they're sick, they'll recover. Because you are filled with the power of God. And you can do all this because you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. When you go, you ask the Lord, fill me up so that he can practically use you in your sphere of influence. I want to encourage you today to get on your hands and knees and ask the Lord, okay, who's my two? Who's my three? And begin to develop relationship with people around you. Uh, not some spiritual giant, even though there's nothing wrong with gathering together and pray, but but let's let's start doing what Jesus did. You go into a house and you speak peace, you rightly relate to, and they might be in the world, they might not be believers, they might do things you're not going to approve of, but you're going to love them, you're going to provide for them, you're going to bless them, you're going to speak peace to them, you're not going to curse them, you're not going to point out all their sin. Jesus is going to deal with them, and then there's going to be the perfect time, and they probably are already Many of them are already saved, but they're not serving the Lord. They're going to watch you walk with God. Oh, it's awesome. You're going to be able to transform your sphere of influence one thing at a time. Get a piece of paper and write down 10 or 12 people, your friends, your relatives, your acquaintance, your neighbors. It's called your circle of influence. Write it down. If you need a, a tool, I can send you a tool, PastorJackTheVisionPrincipal.com. I'll send you a little tool 
we're going to start doing this in the river. We want everybody in the river to start at two or three. And if we do it, the church will grow like crazy, but that's not the point. We're trying to transform culture. We're trying to transform people with the power and love of Jesus. We're going to love on people. We're going to heal the sick and say, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you're using us. Thank you, Lord, that today you're raising up two or threes all over Akron and all over Northeast Ohio. Lord, you're going to begin to unleash the silent majority as we work for the Lord. We pray your blessings this day in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.